Did the Frogs land a DB and a quarterback in the transfer portal on Wednesday? We'll speculate next. You're on Locked On Horn Frogs, your team every day. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Lockdown Horn Frogs, your team every day. We are free and available wherever it is you get your podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's one great way to keep up with the show. You can also subscribe wherever it is you listen to podcasts in its original intended form, the audio version, whether that be Stitcher, Spotify, PodServe, Apple Podcast, whatever your taste or your preferences, we're available there and it's free for you. On yesterday's show, which aired on Wednesday, I discussed Jeremy Clark from 247 Sports, Horn Frog Blitz, his report that Travis Broughton will be visiting or would be visiting on Wednesday. And Travis is a five-year player from Utah. He made 29 starts through his throughout his career, dealt with some injuries, and was kind of in and out of the lineup, but played a lot of snaps at Utah and had 126 total tackles and nine passes defended over five seasons with the Utes. He's originally from Tulsa, so not really coming back home, but I guess closer being in the Metroplex than he would be in Utah, closer to family, closer to people that he knows. But bottom line is, experienced corner who could join Avery Helm in that room, Channing Canada, Vernon Glover, young player, and they've they've lost some guys at corner. You're losing Josh Newton who was your true number one player or, or number one corner on that side, on, on one side of the field last year. You're losing Ish Burdine, who dealt with some injuries, but was effective when he was there. You're losing Jonte McMillan, who was a depth piece, but you need more bodies there. And you would presume with the type of pressure and intensity that Andy Avalos is bringing to this defensive scheme, I mean, they're going to dial up blitzes. They're going to bring extra pass rushers. That puts more pressure on your corners and safeties to cover. I think Carlton Buckles, the corners coach, has done a really good job the last few seasons. Now, Travis Hodge Thomason was Thorpe Ward, and I think there was a drop-off in the corner play between 2022 and 2023. But some of that, in my mind, was also correlated with when you don't get pass rush, when you sit back and you allow quarterbacks to go through their progressions, to stay in the pocket, to climb up in the pocket, to go through their reads and relax and make throws, it's tough to cover. Like whether you're in zone or your man coverage principles, if there's scramble drills, if things break down, you know, the longer plays develop and the more space that receivers have to move in and out of routes and adjust and kind of make things happen spontaneously, the tougher it is to to cover as a corner. And so I I think speeding that process up with some pass rush will help. The flip side of that is though, you leave those players on more of an Island. So with Travis, you're getting someone who has experience who I think could pick up this system quickly. And as other people have mentioned, Kyle Whittingham knows how to coach defense. Utah is known for their defense. That's how they've won games through the years. They have gotten it done on that side of the ball. And 
even with Cam Rising being hurt pretty much the entire season this year, they were still effective, staying in games, being physical. I made this comparison on Wednesday's show. I was like, Utah feels like if Gary Patterson would have continued coaching at TCU and things would have gone well, Utah was kind of the blueprint for that. Physically just imposing good defense, hit would hit you, would cause negative plays, would cause turnovers, and make things happen. Now, Broughton, turnovers has not been his thing. He's only got one interception. Pass breakups. Is a good tackler and is someone who I think would really help this defense get better going into 2024. So he visited on Wednesday, and Matt Zenitz from 247 Sports put in a crystal ball prediction for TCU to land Utah cornerback to Travis Broughton. So it sounds like he could be a frog. Same visit went well. They're predicting he's going to end up there, and TCU could add some talent to their corner room. The other reason I feel good about talking about him and that this is trending in the right direction is Lex Villarreal, who is uh, an assistant on-campus recruiting staffer for TCU football. She put out a tweet. Now, so Sonny Dykes kind of sends out the bat signal, right? Like he'll send out the hypnotoad gif when they land a commitment. And then he's also been doing this thing with the portal, especially where he's got the frog emojis. So he puts out however many commits they have is based on how many frog emojis they, he puts out in the tweet. I haven't seen that from him. But uh, Lex said boom with a frog emoji, and then shortly after she said boom times two. So I feel like we can confidently say at this moment that Travis Broughton, he was on campus. It, I think it would make sense for him to end up at TCU. That visit went well. There's some uh, smoke and some murmurs that sounds like they're heading down that path. Who could be the second potential player? Well, someone else I've been talking about, and, and Jeremy Clark reported this as well, Ken Seals from Vandy, quarterback at Vandy, is in the portal, and he reportedly had an official visit scheduled with TCU this week as well. So he's been on campus. This is the type of QB I've been talking about over the past week or so. Somebody that's probably not going to grab a lot of headlines, and I think there's going to be some fans that are honestly – kind of frustrated with this. Like Greg Thompson emailed me, who listens to the show frequently, and he was like, hey, I like Josh Hoover. I hope he ends up being the guy. But it seems kind of crazy to me that you're just – that TCU is kind of moving forward with this idea that he's going to be the starting quarterback in 2024 and there won't be your typical kind of open quarterback competition. And my thoughts on this have been – I think TCU's approach – I'm not saying you have to agree with this, but this is just, in my mind, the mindset and the, the strategy that they're taking with this. We're going to allocate resources to building a good team around Josh Hoover. They saw flashes. They saw him make throws. I, I, I said this uh, on Friday, I think. The intangibles with Josh seem to be there. I think the team responds well to him. He seemed to unlock a new gear with Savion Williams. Savion's production really took off in the second half of the season and coincided with Josh becoming the starter. Vertical passing game wasn't really there, but was still able to make some big plays. Felt like the offense was pretty consistent. Even in that Oklahoma game when things were bad and they lost, they showed some fight, came back in the second half against Texas, really showed some fight and some effort. 
got the wins against BYU and Baylor. I mean, aside from just the disaster in Manhattan where they blew a tire against K-State, they were either competitive or they won games in the six games that Josh started. So I feel like he's the guy. Now, what does Ken Seals bring to the table? He's, again, a player with a lot of experience. And three seasons at Vandy, he was there for four years, but he dealt with some injuries. So he missed the 2022 season. Uh, had 4,292 yards, 28 touchdowns, 22 interceptions. The 22 picks kind of concerns me. Because if you're going to bring in a, a veteran backup, and, and in my mind that's essentially what they're doing, you want to have somebody in there that's protecting the football. Now, a lot of those picks were in his first full season. We started a lot in 2020 as a freshman, had 12 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. 2021 really struggled turning the ball over as well. But in 2023, I mean, he played a lot. He had 1,183 yards passing, 11 touchdowns, four picks. And he's been a, a staple of that quarterback room for the Commodores for a few seasons now. So, again, I think he's someone that could pick up the offense quickly, could be helpful in that quarterback room. And I don't know what they've talked to him about and kind of what they've – the pitch that they've made to him. But the challenge when you're trying to recruit quarterbacks in the portal is a lot of these guys want playing time. And so we, we sort of saw this with Chance Nolan – they got chance late in the process. He shows up to fall camp. And I don't know what all was going on in his life that led to this decision, but I think part of the reason why he stepped away was because it was pretty clear to him early on that Chandler Morris was going to be the guy that got the majority of the reps. And maybe Josh Hoover as well. Maybe you looked at the situation and said, well, they're giving Josh Hoover a lot of run with the twos. Why am I even here? And he retired, he retired from football early in the fall camp process. I don't think that's going to be the case with Seals. I mean, this seems like someone who is pretty determined to be on a roster next year, and I, I feel like he's got a good understanding of what his role is going to be. But that's just speculation based on some reports and social media. Nothing official. If I had to guess, though, I feel really good about saying Travis Broughton's going to be a frog. Corner from Utah. I think Ken Seals is possibly involved in this as well. And so what what else is left for TCU? As far as finding help in the portal, I'd like to go get one more offensive lineman, specifically a tackle. And I got Bless Harris, who I think is going to be your starting left tackle as, as long as things go well and he's healthy. Howard Sampson is, is listed as a tackle from North Texas, and he's huge, 6'7", 350. But he didn't play a lot at UNC last year. So I'm just skeptical that he's going to go from a backup lineman at North Texas to immediate starter at TCU. The staff might see that differently. Uh, Mike Nichols is the incumbent who could take that other tackle spot. Okay, Bruno played tackle at La Tech, but just based on reports, it seems like TC might be considering uh, moving him inside to play one of those guard spots. But I would be really intrigued with, uh, with another tackle coming in here and at least being able to compete. And so I think that's, one place where they should prioritize as they continue to kind of move on here um, through the transfer portal process. But I think they've done a really good job so far addressing needs and getting players that are going to be good uh, in the 2D moving forward. When we come back, I talked with uh, – or I didn't talk with, excuse me. I was at the TCU women's basketball game tonight. They played in Waco against Baylor. 
Baylor opening up the Foster Pavilion. Well, they opened it up last night with the men's game at Cornell, but first time the women's basketball team has played there in the in their new arena. And they actually had the lead at halftime. TCU had a seven-point lead early in the third quarter, and then things fell off the rails in a huge way. I'll talk about Mark Campbell's team taking their first loss of the season next. It's Locked on Horn Frogs, your team every day. FanDuel, they've been kind enough to have this deal going all year long. New, cons- new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets. Here's a new wrinkle, win or lose. You don't even have to win that $5 bet. Just put a $5 bet down, and you'll get $150 in bonus bets. All you have to do, all you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today. They also have an app that's really easy to use. And there's so many different ways to bet, like live same game parlays. You can find new bets in the Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a layup. Again, $150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Last week of the regular season coming up in the NFL. Make it count with FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash locked on or the FanDuel app. FanDuel, official betting partner of the NFL and official sponsor of the Locked On Network. So I traveled over to Waco tonight and I watched TC Women's basketball take on Baylor. Frogs fell 71 to 50. Tough night shooting the basketball, especially in the second half. They actually led the game 26 to 22 at halftime, but only scored 24 points in the second half of that ball game. And Baylor caught fire from three. Uh, Sedona Prince led the way from the Frogs with 20 points, but she wasn't super efficient. Nine of 21 from the field. Madison Connor had 11 points, but she was five of 14 from the field. They've shot well from three all season, but they were two of 16 tonight, only 12%, four of nine from the free throw line, 44%, and then 40% overall. Just a bad shooting night at all three levels for the Frogs. Now, they actually held Baylor in check for the majority of the first half and even early into the third quarter, but the Bears caught fire. They ended up shooting 52% from three. They were 13 of 25, and they went eight of eight from the free throw line. And once they settled in and got going, um, it was a a totally different ballgame. I'll say this. I'll say this begrudgingly. It was my first time at the new Bears Arena, Foster Pavilion is what they're calling it. They opened that up uh, Tuesday night when they took on Cornell. The men's team did. It's really nice. And it gets loud in there. Like tonight, you could tell. This was really the first true road game for Mark Campbell's squad. You know, they played in that tournament in Florida. But other than that, they played at Shalemeyer each and every game. And when Baylor went on a run and took a lead about midway through the third quarter, you could kind of see TCU start pressing. I think they got a little bit rattled. Tough environment, right? First true road game of the season. And they just got off their game. And nobody, not surprisingly, nobody has guarded them like that this year. I mean, this is a team that can score the basketball. They got some good looks. They missed some shots. But I think early, Sarah Andrews, a guard for Baylor, she got the assignment of Madison Connor, who's been the Frogs' leading scorer all year long. And in that first quarter, like she was aggressive. She was face guarding her. She was doing a lot of ball denial, not even trying to let her touch the basketball, or if she was going to catch it, 
It was going to be near half court. And Connor adjusted through the game a little bit. You know, they Campbell let her brought the, bring the ball up in the second quarter so they didn't have to work so hard to just get her opportunities to get into an offensive rhythm and get looks. But wasn't falling from three. You know, in the second half, she got the dribble drive game going a little bit, which was effective at times, but struggled to finish. I don't know what was going on with Sedona Prince tonight. You know, she won the – so she won the tip, and on the first play – Jaden Owens tried to uh, dump it into her at the like in the high post, kind of at the free throw line, extended, and it went off Sedona's hand, and it looked like maybe she jammed a finger or something. She was just shaking her hand a lot in the first half of that game, and I noticed even in the third and fourth, in third and fourth quarter, excuse me, it still seemed to be bothering her. I don't think she's going to make an excuse about it, but there were some shots tonight that she missed that typically. Like, okay, those are kind of bunnies around the rim that she's usually going to make and be effective hitting, and she just couldn't do that at times tonight. But overall, I think it was a good learning experience for this group. You know, they played zone defense pretty much all night, and in the first half of that game, it gave Baylor fits. They were doing a fantastic job. They had Sedona in the middle near the rim, and they were really staying connected defensively, understanding their assignments, closing out on shooters, and kind of funneling everything into the middle where if Baylor got to the rim, Sedona could clean it up. And she had a lot of blocks. She altered a lot of shots. She wasn't allowing easy buckets. And they were doing a really good job just working defensively and staying in that ball game. They kind of went on a mini run at the end of the second quarter and took a four-point lead into halftime. And then even early in the third, they were still getting what they wanted on the defensive end. But then Baylor started hitting some corner threes. That was the adjustment they made. They dump it in the middle, swing it around, hit a three from the corner. Uh, they were more patient on the interior, so they would have a dribble drive coming in, and they would sort of put Sedona in conflict, bring some, bring a cutter across the lane on the other side, and got some easy buckets that way, and just slowly and kind of methodically started to pick apart that defense. And on the other side, TCU really struggled to, to get buckets, it felt like in the third quarter they were trying to run their offense through Prince. And, I mean, I know this is sort of her game. I was a little bit confused. She's 6'7". I think the tallest player on Baylor's team was 6'2". So she had a significant size advantage in this matchup. But she was given a heavy dose of, like, fadeaway jumpers. And I know that's a shot she's comfortable with. But it's just like, man, if you have that size advantage, obviously, yeah, you can always kind of shoot over people and get jump shots. But why not work harder on, you know, trying to get around and get a hook shot or get a better look around the rim? That was something that was frustrating to me. I was also a little confused as to why Mark Campbell didn't call timeouts really at all in the second half. I think he called one early in the fourth quarter. But at one point, you know, Baylor was on a 19-to-1 run and turned a seven-point deficit into like a 15-point lead. And I just kept waiting for – you know, some sort of timeout to, okay, let's regroup, let's draw something up, let's try to find some more rhythm on offense, but it never really happened. So that was what stood out to me tonight. I mean, I don't want to be super negative about it. Like, Baylor's top 10 team in the country, they were at home, they started to shoot the ball well, they got in a rhythm, and that was kind of the end of it. I still think this TCU women's team is really good. I think they're a tournament team. Uh, they We'll see how they respond and bounce back at home against Oklahoma State on Saturday. 
Definitely a reality check, though, tonight, even with everything they've done to improve and they've gotten better. You know, this was expected. They, this is a big step up on the road against a top-10 team. Um, like what Mark Campbell's doing, think they're moving in the right direction. Tough night at the office, though, losing to Baylor 71-50. to We'll get some of your reaction um, to yesterday's show next. This is Locked on Horn Frogs, your team every day. Game time app. If you need tickets, game time app is the place to go. One thing I love about the game time app is they have deals up to the last minute. So if you're if you're not a great planner, if you sometimes get a little behind on, oh man, I need to get to this event, whether it be a game, a comedy show, a concert, whatever the case, you can find tickets even up to the day of on the game time app, and they have special last minute flash deals, so you can be sure you get the best price. They also have a really cool feature where you can see exactly what the view is from your seat. So you'll pick that seat and be like, all right, I know exactly where I'm sitting. I know where the stage is. I know where the court is, where the field is. And I know what I'm going to be looking at when I sit down in my seat at that event. Game time app, you can get 20% off your first purchase. If you use the promo code Locked On. download that app today. It's super easy to use. Um, they have exclusive flash deals for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's $20 off your first purchase with the promo code Locked On. Download the Game Time app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So on, I guess it was Tuesday's show, I was talking about New Year's resolutions for TCU football. Like, what do they have to do differently in 2024? And I mentioned toughness, physicality, getting better on both sides of the line, especially the offensive line, running the ball more effectively, more consistently. I mean, they ran the ball well at times last season with Imani Bailey. He finished the year with over 1,200 yards, but he just wasn't consistent enough. And they really struggled – to stay on schedule, to put themselves in second and third and manageable. And so I, I talked about building the team, getting better, and some of you had responses. I wanted to get to some of that. Jim Norris said, I've been thinking about the whole physical deal. Under Coach PTC, you would kick people's butts on a regular basis. Knocking QBs out of the game on clean hits was not an unusual occurrence. Conditioning is important, but even more key is attitude. There was definitely a nastiness to those GP teams, especially on defense when they were at their peak. I think they had that in 2022. I feel like it dropped off this past season. You know, one thing about physicality and swagger and being like borderline cocky, confident, trying to, you know, impose your will on teams, it starts with winning, honestly. You know, winning builds confidence. Winning builds swagger. It builds belief. And I think it builds kind of a screw you attitude, for lack of a better word. That's easy was missing this year, but it, it's hard to it's hard to present that when the results aren't there. So I agree with you. Defensively, I'm hopeful that they're going to create more negative plays and maybe some turnovers as well under Andy Avalos that will help flip the field and flip the script, get the game going in a different direction. But that was sorely missing uh, this past season. Vincent Pryor said, "I'll say it, Stephen. The offense didn't trust Chandler Morris." You can actually see the whole time team played better under Josh. Also, they need leadership, knowing and believing you can be anybody. The defense didn't have a defensive leader. 
this year was a good time for experience and growing up. I can't wait for next year. Yeah, I mean, I don't like to read into body language too much because I'm not there on the field or in the locker room with the guys. And I think sometimes we can get a little overblown with that. But I definitely agree with you in that the team seemed to respond really well to Josh Huber. Now, whether that was because of his personality or just because fresh start after some frustrating losses to West Virginia and Iowa State, I don't know. But I think they played better in the second half of the season. I think the effort and intensity was better. And it seems like they believe in him and that he's their guy. And so I think that's going to be an important piece of the puzzle moving forward. And, you know, Chandler is in the portal now and he can go somewhere else and maybe a fresh start's going to be good for him. I'm sure it was frustrating dealing with injuries two years in a row. That's something that, you know, you don't wish on anybody. And I know that's tough to deal with mentally and physically. Um, and he can get a fresh start somewhere. And I hope that's beneficial for him and that moving forward with Josh Hoover is beneficial for TCU as well. David said it seems like TCU is slower on defense and to a lesser extent on offense. TCU's defensive backs and linebackers seemed slower last year. We need more physical on the offense and defensive line. Well, I think one thing that was exposed at the end of last season, you know, K-State, or the end of two seasons ago, K-State, the Big 12 title game, and then Michigan and Georgia. If you isolate TCU's safeties and linebackers in the passing game, there are plays to be made. And, you know, teams continue to do that because TCU didn't show the ability to stop it consistently. And so we'll see how that changes under a new D.C. But, yeah, I'd agree with you. I don't think the athleticism was always there for the Frogs, and they struggled at times to, you know, run and cover, um, especially at that second level, which you have to be good not only at the corner spot but safety and linebacker as well to be effective because there's just so many athletes on the field now. And offensively, I think they missed Darius Davis's speed a lot. You know, that was kind of an underrated loss that showed up in a big way this past year. We'll be back again tomorrow. It's Locked on Horn Frogs. Thank you for your responses. It's your team. We do it every day.